0: Welcome, everybody. Good afternoon, Southern California and all over the nation. You are listening to Southern California Live here on KKLA 99.5 FM. I am your host, Ed Carlson, and I hope that you're having a blessed and prosperous day out there. Whether you're at work, it's still work time for many. Maybe you're driving on those wonderful roads in Southern California or maybe wherever you're at in the nation. Uh, welcome. And thanks for allowing me uh, and us here at KKLA to be a part of your day. It's always a pleasure uh, and a privilege to be actually for you guys to be listening to us. And I want to welcome not only those in in the L.A. area and O.C., but also welcome to all those listening in on KPRZ in San Diego. We are glad that you are listening and want to hear from you today. Uh, This show, Southern California Live from 3 to 5 every day, reaches all the way from Camarillo all the way down into San Diego and even to a third of Mexico So welcome to everyone that is listening. We're so glad that you're with us today. Now, I wasn't here last week uh, to wish you a Merry Christmas, but I hope you had a wonderful Christmas uh, with your family and friends, uh, that you are healthy and happy, that you experienced in a real way the joy of the season, that being Jesus Christ himself uh, I'm going to be with you for the next couple days, so I hope that uh, through these next couple days we can infuse some hope into your life uh, through something that was said, through a specific topic that might hit home for you, uh, or per- perhaps something one of our guests says. We'll have a few guests on over the next couple days. Either way, uh, I hope that you feel encouraged today. You know, when we turn on our radio, we want to feel encouraged. We want to feel like there's some hope, and uh, but we also want to, I hope at least, that you are challenged to think deeper uh, hopefully you draw closer to God by listening, uh, and, if that's, and if that's you at any time over these next couple days, and even the days after that, um, if somehow KKLA touches you or KPRZ, give us a call. Uh, we want to hear from you. Go online. Go to the KKLA website. Uh, drop a note. Let us know how KKLA blesses you each day, how KPRZ blesses you. Our prayer and desire is that every time that you tune in, that you find hope here. So let's get started. I don't want to waste any more time, but let's get started. We got an interesting topic. Uh, You know, when you go to Christmas holidays or when you go to anything, really, a family, what do they tell you? Never talk about relationships, religion, right? What else? Uh, uh, Politics, (laughs) any of that. but today we're going to talk about relationship. We're going to talk about actually communication and conflict in marriage. And so all of, you, all of you that are listening right now that are married, man, I know that your ears just beamed up right now. And if you're a, a, an unabashed binge watcher of all the Lifetime and, and Hallmark Channel holiday movies, I know my wife is, um, you know quite well. That this is the season when a a new romance can flourish under the snow covered pines or in the midst of a sparkling light snow I'm just, i 'm just I know these because I watch all these shows with my wife as well. but for those of us that are already married, we may not realize how much the holidays can affect a marriage i don 't know how many conversations that i 've had over the last twenty plus years uh, with individuals that big arguments a big uh, uh, conflict. Uh, massive problems with communication happens during the holidays as we're spending a little bit more time with each other as a little bit more stress is involved uh, with the weeks and the planning and the events and the Christmas and the buying even social scientists have reported that one of the things that the holidays accentuate is where your relationships are with your family think about that one thing you'll know in the holidays when they come around because you're going to be spending a lot of time with Your family, but you're also gonna be spending a little bit more time even with your spouse, you're gonna find out where your relationships are with your family really quick. If they're good, they seem to be super good during Christmas and other holidays because it seems that everyone is just a little extra goodness in them, right? During the Christmas time, it's just in the air. But if your relationships are bad, many times they tend to be worse. Or at best, even if they're not worse, they tend to be like super awkward. During the Christmas season, I know we've had a couple of those over the last number of years, just with certain family just you know, you go into these situations and it just, and you know, there's no real relationship. And so then you go and you're eating dinner and you're opening gifts and it's just super awkward. One in 10 couples will split up during the holidays, according to a UK study, one in 10. And four in 10 partners will argue at least once a day. Think of that once a day during the holidays, with a quarter of them having an argument in the first 12 hours of vacation. <laughs> so you get, off, you get off vacation, you get ready, and all of a sudden, 12 hours in, you have your first big argument. I looked it up this, it looked up this too. It's quite interesting. Most common holiday argument triggers. Listen to these 18% said spending too much time together, uh, 17% said spending too much money. Uh, 17% said getting drunk. Yeah, that's going to be a problem with your marriage if you're doing that. 16% said deciding where and what to eat. Oh, that's another great topic. And then last one that is there, which was interesting, relying on you. Somebody somebody at 14% at least said that one of the spouses always relies on the other spouse to organize everything, and so everybody just gets mad. So trying to solve all of those conflict crises, those are just small ones. We're not going to talk about those small ones. We're going to talk about ones that are deep today. But trying to solve all the conflict uh, crises that, that you have or maybe that, that we could talk about completely uh, in marriages today in the next 45 minutes we, we have would, would be impossible. There is a plethora of situations and marriages that are different across the board uh, that, that need perhaps some unique guidance getting through. But there are some general principles – that will make a world of difference. And that's what we're going to talk about today. There, there's some principles that we can talk about that will make a world of difference in your marriage and bring some hope into your hurting situation. And I do believe, this is my opinion, working with um, uh, marriages, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but over the last number of years, that there's two major factors that contribute to the madness. And maybe you're out there, you're listening right now, and you go, my marriage is just madness, there are two M's. Marriage, madness. When I think of marriage, I think of madness. But I believe there's two major factors that contribute to that madness. And if we could work on these two things, it would radically change the landscape of our relationships. Not just your marriage, and we're talking about our marriages today, but really every relationship. And those two things are communication and conflict. How we deal with conflict and how we communicate. And they go hand in hand. We're going to spend a lot of time on Communication Day, but just so that we're kind of all on the same page here, communication its one of the most important aspects of any relationship. You know, when when you're buying a home or you're uh, getting ready to, if you've ever worked with a real estate agent, what do they always say? Location, location, location. Well, in marriage, I like to say communication, communication, communication. Hardly ever do we ever over-communicate in a relationship. And then when we talk about conflict, when I say conflict, I don't mean to get into more conflict. I mean, how do we deal with conflict and how do we resolve it in a kind and good way? See, conflict is not a bad word. In fact, we're going to talk about that a little bit. And to help me with these topics today, I thought, who better to add great depth to this conversation than than a woman? Because I realized, I go, I'm a guy just talking about marriage relationship. That's only half of the puzzle. I need a woman. So I said, okay, I'm going to have a woman here that's going to help me with this conversation as we talk about marriage. But then I wanted to take it a step further, and I thought, who better to partner with me on this topic than my wife? So I want to introduce you to her. My wife, Jen Carlson, has partnered with me every step of the way as we launched our church, His Place Huntington Beach, and uh, since its inception over eight years ago, it has been a place... Where we bring hope and healing to broken lives and families—that is our, our what what we call our uh, secret sauce—and every church has its secret sauce, and ours has been working with couples, families, divorced individuals, blended families, and along with myself, Jen has sat with countless individuals and couples as they now nav- they have navigated their way into wholeness and healing in Christ. So, who better to talk about this subject? And she knows all the all the stories about me, and she could share those as well. But who better to talk about this subject with me uh, than her? Let's welcome Jen Carlson to the show. Jen, welcome.
1: Thank you. It's so good to be here. I love doing life and ministry with you, so I'm glad I get to be
0: here with you today. Yeah, it's so weird. I've done so many radio shows, but I've only done maybe one other one with you, I think. So yeah. it's, it's weird sitting here in the studio And you sit it right across the thing, and I've had different people, but now this is my wife, so I really have to behave. (laughs) Um, So let's get right to it. Let's let's first talk about communication. Um, The goal of communication really is mutual understanding. Let, Let me say it this way. If you're communicating with anybody, but today we're talking about our marriages, so we're talking about our spouses. If you're trying to communicate with your spouse and they are not understanding you, then that's not communication. You're having a speech. You're just talking, uh maybe to hear your voice or whatever, but the the goal in communication is for mutual understanding. if the other person doesn't understand what you're saying or what your issue is, then you're just speaking at that point so so Jen, what are some things that can help those couples out that are just not understanding each other? They talk and they just they they can't get on the same page uh to say themselves so what what are some things that can help those couples out that that aren't understanding each other.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to first understand where our negative communication patterns come from. And I know we're going to dive into that a little bit later on during the segment, negative patterns. But if we can identify and be self-aware of our methods of communication and where they were formed, which is often in our childhood and carried into our adulthood, um, I think then we can begin to make those changes and communicate in a more healthy way. Um when we were talking about this topic a little bit earlier the verse Matthew 12:34 came to mind which uh says out of the heart the mouth speaks right and so um i think we have to often ask ourselves um what's in our hearts you know sometimes we have wounded hearts um we have bitterness we have resentment we have anger we um have insecurities and um uh more defensive like for instance i was thinking of this example you know my husband can say hey do you want uh do you want an apple well if i am feeling insecure about myself or um you know if yeah insecure about myself my my eating habits my weight whatever you you the need case an apple? may be do i need a diet and he asked me for an apple i can i can respond defensively my <laughs> communication will come across defensively or i can try and understand what he's saying which is he's just offering me an apple because he thinks i'm hungry or whatever <laughs> and so i just thought that was a funny example but you know i'm sure we can give many more examples of where we're at in life and how we can take things. We can either take them negatively or we can take them positively.
0: Yeah. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, For those of you just tuning in, this is Ed Carlson and you're listening to Southern California Live here on 99.5 KKLA. And we're discussing communication and conflict uh, within marriage with my wife, Jen Carlson. If you want to get in on the discussion, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call right now at 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-52-TALKS. We'd love to hear from you. You know, Jen, when you mentioned that verse, another one came to my mind, uh, James one nine, which says, "Know this, my beloved brothers." And of course, anytime you see that in, in scripture, brother, it's also brothers and sisters. If you look back in the original language, but it says, "Know this, my beloved brothers and sisters." Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. That's slow to speak. One I have a hard time with. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm slow to anger, and and I, I don't know if any man hears tremendously. I, I think we I think hearing and listening is different. But what a powerful verse. And teaching us about communication. Jen, I, w- I want to talk about some negative communication patterns. So you brought that up, and and uh, and so we have been talking about this. Um, some negative communication patterns that people get into. And this will probably bleed over into our second segment, and that's okay. But there are some very negative patterns that we all get into when trying to communicate with our spouse. Um, in order for a couple to grow in their communication of mutual understanding, remember that's the definition of communication that where there's mutual understanding – they first need to identify and remove the negative communication patterns. If we can get our communication right, I'm telling you, we'll get the conflict right. But the first one that, that I want to bring up, uh, Jen, and I, I always want to call you Babe, but I'm for the radio, I'm going to call you Jen, because um, people will be tuning in and go, who is he calling Babe? What a weirdo. But the first one I want to talk about is the negative communication pattern is withdrawing and avoiding. Um, that's a big one. I put that up first because I think that's a huge one that we all get in trouble with. Uh, but so we're all on the same platform here with regards to what we mean by that. Withdrawal is an, un- an unwillingness, I guess is the best way to say it, to stick with an important discussion. You know it's an important discussion. It's kind of a heavy discussion. And so you're like, oh, I don't want to get in on this. I don't want to even talk about this. So you withdraw. You You figure out a way to withdraw from that conversation. And avoidance is choosing to not address tough issues. So it's a little bit different. They're they're one and the same, but they are a little bit different. Avoidance is choosing to not address tough issues. You know there's tough issues. You know they need to talk about, but you're not. You're just like I'm not going to have the conversation because it could be difficult, and so I'm just going to avoid. It. I know it needs to be talked about. We probably had to talk about it for the last two years, but I ain't doing it. So, Jen, maybe a better way to to say this would be to to call it fake peace. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of couples that are that have been living for 20 years with each other that right here, fake peace. Rather than actually make peace, we withdraw and avoid thinking that if we just ignore it, it'll go away. So talk a little bit about those two.
1: Yeah. I, um, I mean, no one likes conflict, right? But it's inevitable. It happens. And I think if we haven't learned the art of um, healthy communication, healthy confrontation, um, it's easier to withdraw and avoid. But as you know, um, okay. because I'm sure we've all done that, when uh, when we withdraw and avoid, we become like ticking time bombs, I think. You know, you, you uh, avoid the situation, avoid the situation. Don't talk about it because you want to keep the peace. And then eventually, I think things come to a head and you explode, and that's not a good thing. Um, and so uh, perhaps we – I'm sure we do that for a number of reasons. We withdraw a avoid because we don't feel seen or heard. Perhaps we are tired of feeling misunderstood by our spouse because we haven't taken the time to really listen to them. Um, I think it's always important for us to first seek to understand, then to be understood.
0: Yeah, that's good. There's a a kind of a cool, you know, I I, when I used to work out in the business world, uh, I'd went through Stephen Covey training. Yes, and this is where me and Jen first learned this. Probably one of the most powerful things that that I learned. There's a Stephen Covey's. You know, if you haven't uh, read his stuff, it's fantastic, especially if you're a business leader. Uh, But I went through a full training for about a week and a half, Um, and and one of the things that (laughs) I brought home. And this is when we were first married, and so it was actually a great, just a God-ordained kind of thing. And he talked about seek first to understand instead of being just understood. Mm -hmm. And so we have this uh, little talking stick that I was given uh, during this training. And so really what the concept is, is this, is that when you talk to somebody about tough issues, let the person talk. Let the person talk. And and just let them air it out, even if it's five minutes. Just let, don't interrupt, don't, you know. And then then what Stephen Covey had encouraged to do, and it works wonders. We've had we've done this with with couples before, and it it takes some work. It's not doesn't you know you don't perfect it right when you start, but the person with the talking stick gets to talk, and then as soon as they're done, they get to hand it to the other person. Mm-hmm. But before the person can defend whatever they said or whatever, they have to repeat back in their own words. Um. To what that person just said, what your spouse just said, and so and, and by doing that, then what can happen is that the the person that just had the argument, or just kind of you know said, hey, I, you know, I don't like this. And blah, 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 that person has to repeat what they just heard, and as long as that other person says, yes, you you repeated exactly my sentiments and exactly what I was trying to say, then they can actually have a rebuttal mm-hmm. or kind of talk about their side. And what it does is it really allows you to hear people. Um, and it's a powerful thing. If you ever get a chance, and you know, we got a talking stick, but you can use anything. You could, I don't know, you can use a mic, you can use a, a toy, uh, whatever it is. But I want to encourage you to do that. Instead of withdrawing and avoiding, uh, and, and, and avoiding those tough topics that needed to be talked about. Maybe it's an ad- maybe it's addiction. Um, may- maybe it's just, you feel you're not hurt, as Jen said just a little bit ago. Whatever it might be, just just try it. And, and and use a talking stick. You can go get a doll from your kids, uh, from your kids' room, and just see what happens. Uh, Jen, just real quickly before we kind of move on to the next one, what happens when people? What is like the ultimate like result of things that happen when people just continue to avoid and continue to withdraw and not have the tough conversations?
1: Well, like I said um, a little bit ago, I think uh, bitterness um, can take root and resentment and um, just all go the, all those negative thought patterns. I think. It builds up in us, and then eventually, we ended. Up, we end up exploding. I know that's the way I've operated in the past. Is um, I don't like confrontation. I am, and so I will avoid, avoid, avoid. Try to keep the peace, but it's, it's still then in, in there brewing, and then eventually, um, I just get you know, upset at this this unresolved conflict because it keeps happening over and over yeah. again, and then. You know, it never turns turns out pretty. <laughs> well, yeah, it, does, it doesn't.
0: And, and listen, here's the deal. You know, uh, one of the things that we do at our church, we always say this. Listen, we're not gonna we're gonna not gonna fake the business here. We're gonna be transparent. And the reality of it is, I'm a pastor. My wife is a pastor's wife. But listen, we're human beings, and so we're just being transparent here. Listen, our marriage isn't perfect. We got to work on it. There's things that I don't do well still. There's things that she doesn't do uh, well still. But there's things that we do really well. And we've made improvement uh, as opposed to years and years ago when we got married. But there's still work to be done. And you would think that two people that talk a lot, here's a guy that's a pastor and on the radio, well, they should communicate really well. Sometimes we do. Other times we don't. As I said, I have the, the hard time with the speaking too much. And yeah. Jen just says, are you done?
1: I was just thinking that. I, that's something we talked about a few days ago is because um, we both consider ourselves good communicators. And I think we are, but it's just different. You, um, I think men in general sometimes um, when it comes to communication say less and women tend to say more, too much. More, yeah. Too much yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. That's so good. Well, we've got a lot to talk about today. I hope that you're uh, enjoying the show so far, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, we'd love for, to hear you uh, call in, and we'd love to talk to you. Maybe you have a, a a marriage question, a conflict question, a communication question. We'd love to hear from you, and that number is 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-52-TALKS. Uh, if you just want to hear it the other way, it's 888-528-2557. That's 888- We also have an email. Maybe you want to do that. Maybe you don't want to be on the air, but you want to send in a question or a comment online. You can go to SoCalLive at KKLA.com. That's SoCalLive at KKLA.com and uh, shoot us a question or a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, But when we get back, we're going to be talking more about this, about communication and conflict and creating healthy habits uh, that can be learned. We got a quick break, but don't go anywhere. This is Ed Carlson, and you're listening to Southern California Live here on KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Southern California Live here on KKLA and KPRZ in San Diego. And we're discussing communication and conflict. In our marriages. I know that you don't have any conflict in your marriages. I'm sure that they're perfect, but just humor me today. If you want to jump in on the conversation, give us a call at 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557. And as I said in the first uh, first segment, uh, you could even give us a, shoot us an email at SoCalLive at com. That's SoCalLive at com. And uh, our wonderful sound engineer, Wilbert is a master, and he'll get that over to us real quick, and we'll be able to talk about that online. But I'm so excited to have with me today for this first hour my wife, Jen Carlson, and I want to get back to it. We talked about one of the negative communication patterns that we see that, that, uh, of that being withdrawal and avoidance, uh, and so we talked a little bit about that in the first segment. You can go back later and, and check it out if you missed it, if you're just uh, jumping on the radio right now or online. And to close that thought out, here, here's some help for you. Uh, that struggle in that area. Maybe you're you're a person that withdraws when it comes to conflict, or you're an avoider. You know, oh man, tough topic. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, if you're a withdrawer or an avoider, you need to make sure you have the conversations that need to happen, and stick with them, even when they're tough. They're not. And they're not going to go anywhere. Uh, they're still going to be there until you talk about them, and, and learn. Why it's hard for you to stick, then this is a big one. I think a lot of our problems is really just we're not, if you're not a good person that is able to look in the mirror or you're not, you don't self-evaluate or self-assess a lot, um, or you maybe don't know your weak areas. If you're somebody that doesn't know your weak areas, I'd encourage you to figure out what those weak areas are in life. But you need to learn why it's hard for you to stick with hard conversations. Maybe you're, you're maybe it's, and it doesn't make you a bad person. It's just, we got to figure out what, what that is. And then work on some changes to that. Work on some changes and communicate your deficiencies, communicate your weaknesses with your spouse i think most spouses, if they're frustrated with you because you're in a withdrawal and avoider, uh would be more than happy to hear you know what hey babe listen i uh, i 'm just a with I, I like to withdraw and avoid tough conversations, and I know that's not good, and I'm trying to work on it here's why I do it sometimes, and I know that's wrong, but here's what I'm doing to fix it, so just, just you know, I'm telling you, guys, if you did that your your wives would Man, they would think that that Jesus has come back. Uh, but same thing, ladies with with the men as well. Um, but I want to get to the next one, and the next one is this: escalate, escalate. Now, that's maybe well, maybe it's a nice way <laughs> of saying those are the, those are for the folks that really um, go negative really quick, and they escalate a situation like within seconds. And so, escalation. Occurs when you respond negatively towards your spouse, and the conversation continues to get more and more hostile. And so, Jen, I want to I want you to talk about that a little bit. This is one where um, perhaps maybe for marriages that have two really hot heads, or maybe just one hot head, but this is where you know withdraw and avoid. That's not good. It's not healthy. But this one can kind of get can kind of get ugly really quick if you have some escalators. So, talk about that and some the problems with that.
1: Yeah, I think. Um... When I think of escalation, I know that I've been guilty of um, that negative communication pattern. I think it's something that um, you observe maybe when you're in your childhood. And um, yeah, that's good. if you haven't learned how to communicate properly, um, you can easily escalate situations that aren't really that big of a deal. Um, like I said before, when you're not feeling seen or heard, I think also. Um, I love how after withdrawn and avoid comes escalate because, like I said before, it builds, up. it builds up and it builds up and then it does escalate. And I think um, women are tend to be emotionally driven. Men tend to be fixers, right? And so um, I think for women we especially have to be careful because we tend to lead with our emotions. We can easily escalate situations with our emotions if we don't put ourselves in check and like you said a moment ago um if we're not good at evaluating ourselves and reflecting on our on ourselves we can easily escalate situations that don't need to be yeah escalated
0: but but escalation just isn't like the basic shouting it can be uh or raising your voice although the, that can be part of it All, although that's a you know it, it can happen and a lot of times it, that's what people would consider escalation but it also could be sarcasm. It could, it could be name calling. Uh, you know, it's not just shouters. Just because you're a shouter doesn't necessarily or not a shouter, but like you're a high passion guy. I'm a high passion guy, right? That yeah. everybody knows. That. I'm just high passion. Sometimes I can talk, and it sounds like I'm raising my voice, and I'm not. And so I've had to clarify that and work on that. Yeah. But it could be sarcasm, name calling, threats, or other forms of subtle attacks, or non you know non verbal yeah. or. You know, uh, I think yeah.
1: self-protection, too. I was just thinking of that as you were talking. I think sometimes we escalate situations as a form of self-protection. I know that that's one of the things I used to do is um, my defense mode. Uh, at times, only, uh, my defense mode was my words, right? And there's a lot of power in our words. And because there was nothing else that I could do to um, uh, communicate how I was feeling, I used my words. And... Um, big words at times, <laughs> not big words. And yeah, no, and, yeah. I'm not cussing or anything like that. But I mean, words that I knew could jab at mean, you or hurt mean, you hurtful. that are mean or yeah. hurtful. Yeah. And, um,
0: so, so what are, you know, I think everybody's guilty at some point. I mean, you know, everybody tries to be like, Oh, I'm a saint. No, give me a break. <laughs> we all, we all have escalated at times. Right. So what are some solutions to that unhealthy behavior? What, what are some ideas? Uh, like, that you would tell people if you they they came to you and said i've got a problem with escalating the situation it doesn't need to be that big of a deal how can i how can i work on that
1: i would go back to what i said seek first to understand then to be understood i think it's always helpful to ask really good questions when you're trying to understand where someone's coming from so that you don't escalate the situation ask good clarifying questions so that you're truly understanding what they're trying to say or um, what they're trying, what your spouse is trying to communicate to you. I yeah. think, um,
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I would add. I would add to that. That's great. I would add add this to it. If you're an escalator, take a time out. Yes. Take yes. a time out before things get out of hand, and then decide. But here's the deal: you got to decide a time to come back. Because if you just take a time out and you never come back, then guess what? You're withdrawing an avoider. Yeah. But decide a time to come back together and talk about the issue. Uh, you should know yourself well, and when you're about to lose it, so. You know, manage the damage, that's what I say. Manage the damage. Yeah. Uh, gather yourself and take control of your attitude and words through the power of the Holy Spirit. It, it reminds me of the verse, Second Corinthians ten five. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's mm-hmm. a big one. But let me get to the next one before our break. The third negative uh, communication pattern. So we talked about withdrawal and avoidance. We talked about... Um, Escalate or escalation. The, the third one is this th- that we negatively interpret. And, and this happened negatively interpret. And this happens when you assign motive. This is a big one. We're all guilty of this one, but we probably are super guilty of this. We assign motive to your spouse's words that is more negative than is really the case. And this is huge. Most people will negatively interpret in areas where there is some insecurities or past hurt or trauma in that area of conversation. So, Jen, mm-hmm. talk about this a little bit about. Assigning motive
1: yeah i I um, love what you just said because I was actually thinking that um, I think this is a symptom of a deeper issue, usually yep. when you 're negatively interpreting your spouse and their motive um, there's a deeper uh, there's a deeper rooted issue there that needs to be addressed, and I think um, if you don 't take care of that deeply rooted issue. Um, you're going to continue to operate out of that hurt or that insecurity or that um, that wound um I, I I can't remember the exact um, phrase that I read once, but a lot of times when we're speaking if we're speaking from a place of hurt, everything if we are wounded if we are hurt, the words that come of our out of our mouth are going to be um from that hurt yeah um it's just for instance um I always tell people, um, if you need marriage advice, don't go to somebody who is marriage, walking through a divorce marriage or a marriage, a marriage is a wreck. Yeah. Why would, because the, the advice that they give you is going to be from that, their viewpoint exactly. of that hurt if that you're they're looking, going If through. you're looking
0: to lose a lot of weight and do a great diet, don't come talk to me. Exactly. Right? No, that's great. I love that advice because that's, that's so true. You know, just because they're your best friend, they, they may be a great best friend. But that doesn't mean that they are perhaps the best person at that moment to talk to Mm -hmm. about your marriage. Mm -hmm. Remember, put yourself around people that are going to be for both of you. And one of the things I would say to add to what Jen said about negatively interpreting things or signing motive, um, always, if you're going to have a conversation, you're mad at your spouse or don't text that. And here's why. Because you can't read motive into text. or I mean, you can read motive into text, but the text is, you know, if the person doesn't use emoticons or something like that or emojis, uh, listen, you can read a lot into a text. Mm -hmm. So don't text. Let's be big boys and girls. Let's be men and women. And if we need to have a tough conversation, let's have that conversation Mm face-to-face. I I give it three ways. Listen, hardly if ever text when you're talking about communication with your spouse. Sometimes we have to. I mean, if it's hey, you know, I need to I need a, a gallon, we need a gallon of milk. Okay, that's a different. But if you're talking about big things, even if it's not an argument, but you're talking about the kids or something like that, if you have to text, okay, but that's the worst kind of communication. Phone call would be like next in line, but the perfect one is face to face. Always do your best to do face to face. So here's some thoughts and hope. If you find yourself assigning motive every time you and your spouse have conflict, believe the best about your spouse. Ask for clarification. When you are unsure of their motives, ask God to help you see them the way that he sees them. That's a huge thing. And uh, But man, we got to go. We have a break. But when we come back, we are still going to be t- uh, taking your calls. So give us a call, LA. Give us a call, Orange County. Give us a call, San Diego, Mexico, 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557. Uh, We'll be closing up our conversation with myself and Jen and some more thoughts on how to have godly communication and conflict in our marriages. This is Ed Carlson, and you're listening to Southern California Live here on KQLA. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Southern California Live, either on 99.5 KQLA, maybe you're listening on radio.com. Maybe you're just listening on the KKLA app or on the website. However you're listening, thank you for joining us. It's been an awesome first hour, and uh, we've been talking about communication and conflict in marriage. I'm your host, Ed Carlson. We have spent this first hour talking about marriage uh, with my wife, Jen Carlson. And so far, we've talked about the importance of communication in our marriages. We've talked about some negative communication patterns we get stuck in in our marriages. Uh, we've talked about withdrawal and avoidance, is one of those. Talked about escalation right before the break. We talked about negatively interpreting um, what we would call maybe assigning motive to what your spouse is trying to say. Uh, but before we uh, go on to the last one, we got a, a message here that I want to, it's a great question. Um, and, and the question uh, says, this is all the way from Texas, says, is there a time or situation in a marriage to submit or simply give in even if you are the one in the right? Let me repeat that question again. It says, if is there is there a time or situation in a marriage to submit or simply give in even if you are the one in the right? So great question. Um, I'll answer this briefly, then I'm going to hand it over to you, Jen. I would say, yeah, I mean, you know, marriage is not about who's going to win the argument. I think I, I've had to help myself with that to help me understand, like, and it's not about winning an argument. This is a marriage. This isn't a, a debate. Um, you're not in debate club. Um, this is a person that you, you know, you go to bed with every night, like, you know, you, you live with. So it's not about being right. It's not about winning. It's not even about being about right. And so I would say there's times where you know, there's probably some things that aren't worth backing down on, but I think those are so few and far between in life. The reality of it is, most of the time, you know, I always joke with Jen. I say, you know, I, you know, I've only been wrong once, and that was because I thought I was wrong, but I was actually right. <laughs> um, but, but, Jen, what would you say to that question? Yeah,
1: I, I think that not everything needs to be talked out in long in in in, in lengths of time i i think that what am i trying to say here we tend to um want to talk about things and talk over and over and over and i i don't think that everything needs to be talked talked about or made a big deal about and so i think sometimes we just need to put things to rest to rest at um, it's not about winning a battle. You guys are, on, we're on the same team when you're married, yeah. you're on the same team, right? And so you're trying to find a resolution. Um, you're not trying to beat your spouse. or yeah. One up your spouse.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I think there's, I wonder at times, you know, if, you know, if we talk about every, if everything is an issue, mm-hmm. like if everything's a big deal, then nothing's a big deal. Exactly. So, if we have to talk about every single time, you know, like if I talked to Chin or, or vice versa, we, if we had to have a conversation every single time, you know, somebody was a little stinky in their attitude. I wonder at times if just maybe the Holy Spirit just goes, are you guys just going to just be quiet and let me do my work? You know, sometimes I just think <laughs> it, you know, maybe your, your spouse is bugging you. Maybe they've been, you know, just stinky with you. Just hand them over to the Lord. Yeah. I say, God, like, they're kind of being stinky right now, but you're the one who fixes. I can't fix my spouse. I can't even fix myself. So, God, work in this situation. It's not, you know, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to make a big deal about it, but it's bugging me. Now, if it continues, that's something different. But mm-hmm. I think there is some submission there. What did the Bible say? Submit one to another. One to another. Right? And so, great question. Great question. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Um, but I want to spend the last moments this hour talking about the last one, the last negative communication pattern, and that is invalidation. Um. This is a big one to me because this begins to get really personal in people's marriages. Uh, invalidation occurs when you directly or indirectly dismiss, minimize, or put down the thoughts, feelings, or character of your spouse. Now, I'm going to have Jen say a few words about this in just in just a moment. But before she does, this one, this is one that is kind of a hot spot for me and one that I want to address. Um, God has called us men. So if you're listening, men, men, you are called to love your wife as Christ loves the church. That's a big one. I know that that Christ has never put me down. Uh, He has never dismissed me. He has never minimized me. He has never put down my thoughts or my feelings or my character. He didn't even put down my character when I've acted in sin. And he says that we're to love our wives as Christ of the church and women that are listening the Bible says to respect your husbands. And this is important for us to hear. Colossians 3, verses 18 and 19 says "As Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. I love that. We, the, Paul talks about that in other places too, the whole uh, honor and respect and love, uh, peace for husbands and wives. But right here in Colossians, it's said a little bit different. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. It's fitting to the Lord. For wives, for you to submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. So you have a, a, a role to play there, and husbands, love your wives, and don't be harsh with them. Don't be harsh with them. When God says husbands, love your wives, he speaks of the woman as a complex being. <laughs> Women are complex. My <laughs> wife's laughing and smiling at me. They're just complex. He calls every man to love his whole wife just as every man loves his whole self. Talks about that in Ephesians chapter 5. This means that a husband must do all he can to understand his wife's world. Now, I know, guys, you're out there saying that's impossible. Listen, God said there's nothing will be impossible with him that believes. Now, you may not fully, I'm not expecting you to fully understand the mind of a woman, nor am I expecting a woman to fully understand the mind of a man. But he says to live at peace and to understand and get, understand your wife's world. And the last thing that you need to do as a man, much less as a man of God, is to demean and dismiss your wife. That is the opposite of godly. That's, that's the opposite of real manhood, in my opinion. Women, the word submit literally means a voluntary attitude of cooperating, assuming responsibility and obedience. In the Bible, wives are not called to be inferior minions. That's not what this is talking about uh, of their husbands. Rather, they are to be cooperative helpers. So this type of commitment from a wife towards her husband, is considered fitting to God. In other words, it is appropriate for a Christian woman to live in a caring relationship with her husband, and this includes allowing him to lead the family. Sadly, there are many examples of Christian men who have not led their family well, and I get that. However, in the context of how God intends a family to operate, the fitting picture, I'm going to say that, the fitting picture is that of a godly husband who loves his wife and is gentle with her. She, in turn, offers similar kindness to him and supports her husband's role as the leader of the family. So that's my soapbox. So Jen, what do you have to say about that, about invalidation?
1: I think we tend to do that because we don't take the time to um, process um, their feelings and their emotions. And so we kind of just brush them off and validate them. Like, oh, it's no big deal. Why are you feeling that way? It doesn't make sense. But if we just pause for a moment and take time to... Um, try and understand, go back to, um, seek first to understand before being understood, uh, process their emotions and their feelings and validate them. I think you'll get, um, a lot further in your communication with them as opposed to brushing them off.
0: There's just no place in my opinion on either side, because I know it happens both ways too. I'm not just, I'm a guy, so I can speak more directly to, to, to men, but but it happens the other way too. I know women also invalidate their husbands. There's nothing worse than seeing a, a wife who invalidates her husband or, you know, emasculates him through making him feel less of a man. And so that doesn't help any situation. And, I, and here's what I would say. Be respectful. Be respectful of your spouse's thoughts, their feelings, and concerns. How? As unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. As unto the Lord. You don't always have to agree with your spouse. But you do need to make sure that they feel valued and understood. I didn't say agreement. We're not going to agree on everything. But they need to make sure that they feel valued and they feel understood. Jen, I want to give you some final thoughts. Take a minute and just kind of encapsulate everything and what's on your mind and heart and give about a minute to the folks.
1: I was just thinking as you were saying valued, seen, and heard, um, I remembered something that I learned in counseling, which is um, everyone has three basic needs, to feel love safe and significant yep. and so um if you can uh work on loving your spouse making them feel safe in your marriage and um significant i think um everything else comes into play.
0: amen
1: um, and then the biggest thing I can think of, um, is what I've repeated, um, a couple times throughout this program is, um, seek first to understand then to be understood and, um, try and get to the heart of the matter. And when it comes to communication and conflict, um, try and understand where those negative patterns come from and work on those root issues. Yeah. Own your stuff. Own your stuff. Yeah. Yes. And, um. Honestly, I think it all comes down to pride, too. I think our pride yeah. gets in the way, and um, our pride prevents us from being able to evaluate ourselves, look at ourselves, and see where, um, uh, where our negative patterns are coming from. Sometimes we are stubborn, and we don't want to change. We don't want to address things that we've experienced or gone through. And So I just think it's important to evaluate ourselves.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. Romans twelve eighteen. if possible— So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So men, women, make sure on your side as you own your stuff that you're living at peace with your spouse so that God can bless you and favor you. Well, thank you so much, Jen. Your input has been priceless. You do such a tremendous job. I think you're actually the the best radio host I've ever had, and you're (laughs) definitely the best-looking one. But, folks, that wraps up our first hour. When we come back, we're going to be talking to a Navy veteran and talking about PTSD and some of his real-life stories that God has brought him through, and we want to hear from you in the second hour. So give us a call at 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557, or give us, shoot us an email at live at KKLA.com. This is Ed Carlson, and you're listening to Southern California Live here on KKLA.